welcome to The Story Forest, an original story podcast for curious and adventurous children. In this episode, a loud noise is coming from the forest, and everyone can hear it. Thea needs to find out what is going on before anyone else. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Story music by Splashpoint Jazz. Theo and the Baby Gurkhas. Theo was woken up on a Saturday morning by a loud knocking. Sleepily, he stumbled down the stairs and saw Dad standing at the door, also in his pyjamas. And outside was Mr Clamworth, talking very animatedly. Theo went to pour some cereal. Mr Clamworth's voice rang through the air. It's been going all morning. I'm getting a search party together. Some poor thing is in trouble out there. Theo stopped pouring his cornflakes and listened, as his dad sleepily agreed. Now he listened carefully. He could hear a whining, moaning, screaming sort of sound coming from the forest. He splashed milk into his cornflakes and shoveled them into his mouth. He was pretty sure that whatever was making that noise was in trouble, and that it was a monster, and that he needed to be the one to find it rather than Mr Clamworth. He finished his breakfast in record time, ran upstairs dressed, and ran downstairs and out to the garden before Dad had even poured his cereal. I'm going to meet Molly, see you later, Theo shouted, then pushed the panel out of the way on the fence and started to walk through the forest towards the hollow tree where he kept his monster hunting equipment. Out here, the noise was louder. It was awful, screeching louder, then quieter, over and over again. When Theo got to the tree, Matilda, the purple flying monster, and Molly were both waiting. Theo nodded hello, but didn't waste any time. What is it? He looked up at Matilda. Mr Clamworth is organising a search party. We need to find that monster. It is a monster, right? Yes, but I've never heard it before. Let's go. The three of them set off into the forest, following the sound that rang through the air. It got louder and louder while they walked, and soon they couldn't hear each other speak. They walked faster and faster, eventually putting their fingers in their ears. It was so, so loud. They came to a clearing, and the noise was louder than it had been anywhere else. In the centre was a pile of earth and some thrashing. Molly and Theo looked at each other, took a deep breath and walked over. In the middle of a dug-out earth pit, thrashing and screaming, surrounded by some sort of shattered hard material, was what was unmistakably a baby. It was a baby monster, of course. It had large yellow eyes, forest green hair sticking up straight out of the top of its head, and blue skin. It had a large tummy, long arms with three-fingered hands and three short, thick legs. Hey, said Theo, feeling way over his head. He had hardly ever played with babies. Uh, it's all right. He glanced at Molly. She shrugged, then very carefully reached out an arm and touched its skin and stroked gently up and down. The baby stopped crying immediately. For a moment, the silence was shocking, but soon Theo could speak. 
Matilda, he said. What is that thing? Molly was still stroking. The baby was snuffling now and looking up at them with its big eyes. It had a long, crooked nose. Matilda was frowning and spoke slowly. I think it's a Gurkus. Theo was about to ask where its parents were, but Matilda continued, We've not had a Gurkus in Wickety Woods for a long time. Years, I'd say. They must have left this egg to hatch underground. Theo's heart sank. Then two things happened at once. One was, in the new silence, they suddenly heard footsteps and the unmistakable sound of Mr Clamworth's voice not very far away. The other was that the baby Gurkhas started to make slightly louder noises. Theo, the baby is going to need food and drink, I suppose, and maybe things like cuddles, but I think you'd better sort him out and I'll go and distract Mr Clamworth. You'd better start stroking him now, Molly said. Theo nodded and started to stroke. The Gurkhas' skin was warm but hard. Molly grinned, then ran off. Matilda came and landed next to Theo. I'll get the florist to bring some monsters. I don't know what it eats, so we'll have to try lots of foods. The cran dudes might know what to do. They've got babies, right? Theo said, and Matilda nodded, then flew away. The Gurkhas started to make little mewing noises like a cat. Theo looked at it and felt suddenly very sad. It must be horrible to have no parents when you were so small. He carefully picked it up. It was about as big as a small dog, so it was quite large to hold and surprisingly heavy. But it nestled its head into Theo's arm. You'd better get the Honloper too. You say he can hear things very far away, right? Maybe we can find the parents. In fact... Let's just gather all of the useful monsters. I think this is going to need to be a team effort. Just then, the Gurkhas' noise changed again into tiny snuffling noises. It was asleep. Matilda flew off. The baby Gurkhas was still asleep when monsters began to appear from all different parts of the forest, carrying the various things they considered foodstuffs. The Brotons had collected some mushrooms, the Nintics some roots. The Snorfels had brought some foul-smelling mud, which Theo thought explained a lot about their ability to create terrible smells. Many, many monsters trooped into the clearing. They came and greeted Theo silently, stared at the baby, then retreated and waited. Finally, Matilda arrived back, looking tired. Everyone wanted to help. She fluttered down next to Theo. The Crandudes are coming. Just then, something orange bounced into the clearing. It was Hugo, and he was carrying a bag from a fast food restaurant. Burgers! Chips! He somersaulted over the monster's heads, then landed next to Theo. That's what I always want to eat. You'll see. Where did you get that, Hugo? Theo had never heard Matilda sound so like a schoolteacher. Snatched it from a person, didn't I? Hugo wasn't at all embarrassed and leapt over their heads in a reenactment. He didn't notice a thing, wazoo! Mid-bounce, Hugo lost his step and fell straight onto the baby Gurkhas's head. Unsurprisingly, it woke and started to look around, moving its little mouth as though about to cry. Let's try some food, 
Theo spoke quickly, and a nixdor scurried forward with some bark. Theo waved it in front of the baby's face, and it quickly reached out a long purple tongue and took it, munched it, and looked around for more. Theo was surprised. The next monster stood forward and gave an apple. The baby ate that. Then the next food, then the next, and the next. Molly arrived back when almost all the food that the monsters had brought was gone. She watched in amazement as the baby ate a collection of small rocks, then some dandelions, then a strange-looking acorn soup, then Hugo's hamburger. She was holding a bottle of milk. Sorry, that took a long time, she said. You know Mr Clamworth, and I thought I'd better get some milk. She opened the top and held it over the monster's mouth. He moved greedily, put his mouth over the bottle and then gulped it all down. A few moments later, he let out a very loud burp. The monsters all round the clearing laughed in their various ways, but the baby Gurkhas very suddenly fell back asleep. Theo's arms and legs were stiff by now, so with Molly's help, he gently eased the baby Gurkhas back down onto the floor. He stood up and looked around the clearing full of monsters all looking at him. From the other side of the clearing came a noise, a blobbing sort of noise. It was the Honloba. He had finally arrived. Theo quickly told the Honloba everything that had happened and he pondered, listening very carefully. I was wondering if you might be able to use your super hearing, Theo said. I mean, I'm not quite sure how it works, but... Would you be able to hear where the baby's parents are? The Honloba frowned, which for him was a sort of swelling undulation of his jelly-like face. It depends how far they have gone. His deep voice flowed across the clearing. But it is worth a try. I will need to prepare. What do you need? Theo asked, hoping desperately that they would be able to find the little creature's parents. Quiet, time and pebbles. I'll get pebbles, Hugo said, bouncing out of the clearing before anyone could say anything. I suppose you'd all better go, Theo addressed the assembled monsters again, and be quiet if you can. Molly told Theo she would go and find some blankets for the baby and left again. Theo wondered how he had ever managed this without her. The monsters left and then the Honloba began to move. Theo watched curiously. He seemed to be examining the different patches of ground. He found a patch that Theo thought looked flatter than the rest and began to spread across it stretching his jelly form until it lay only about 10 centimetres high across the ground. Hugo brought pebbles and the Honloba politely instructed he and Theo to spread them on the ground all around him. And then he began to wobble, slowly, quickly, in waves and rhythms and patterns, and then still, and then starting again. Theo sat as quietly as he could, his hand gently touching the baby Gurkhas's back for comfort. It took a long time. Eventually, Theo saw that the Honloba was drawing himself up and together again until he was at full height. Theo looked at him expectantly. I'm sorry to say that the parents are not close. His voice was deeper than before and sorrowful. But I do think I heard them. 
there are only a few monster woods about, and I think they are in one in Scotland. It is a way away, but I believe we could get a messenger there with a flourish. Theo's heart leapt. He had definitely hoped that the parents would be much closer, but at least they were around. Matilda appeared and said she would fetch a flourish. When it appeared, it seemed completely overwhelmed with the importance of the assignment and set off straight away. A new noise came from the baby, a squelching, bubbling sort of sound, accompanied by a very terrible smell. Theo was just beginning to realise what had happened when the mummy crandude appeared, slowly. Bottom, she said, simply, and began to clean the baby. Theo stood up and walked away, very relieved. The parents would get the message, they would come, the crandude would change the nappy, it was all going to be okay. They just had to make sure that it never, ever made that loud noise again. Molly returned with blankets, and Matilda came too. Mr Clamworth hasn't gone, Molly said. I told him that I hurt my leg, and those noises were me, but I don't think he believed me. Theo noticed that she had flushed a little. He wasn't surprised. He couldn't really imagine her lying. The two of them turned. The crown dude was lovingly cuddling the baby Gurkhas, who had started to coo. Would you look after him? Theo said slowly to the mother crandude. She nodded simply and Theo's heart was warmed. I'll get the other monsters to help us to get food. I think we'll need it. The crandude slung the baby over her shoulder and started to walk out of the clearing. For a moment Theo sighed with relief. The baby Gurkhas was going to be fine. Now there was just Mr Clamworth to deal with. Molly and Theo set off into the forest, trying to think how they could throw him off the scent. But when they got nearer, Molly's eyes widened and she put a finger to her lips. There was someone else talking to Mr Clamworth. Molly and Theo hid behind a big tree and listened. It was Mrs Heston. The forest is very dangerous, really. This morning is an example of that. One has no idea what happens in here, which is why... The adults were walking and moved away. Theo and Molly stalked behind them, ducking behind another tree. Theo wished for a moment that he was some sort of cool monster that could stalk silently and stay invisible. When they were close enough to hear again, Mr Clamworth was speaking. A big attraction, naturally, for the good of the village. One wouldn't want to diminish the natural charm, but perhaps to enhance it. Again, they were out of hearing, and Molly and Theo dashed forwards just in time to hear Mrs Heston speaking again. Really know it well enough? Perhaps a comprehensive study of the forest would... Mrs Heston stopped speaking, and Theo's heart thudded. He looked ahead. Right in front of Mrs Heston and Mr Clamworth was, clear as day, a bant, waving its seven trunks around. As soon as it saw the humans, it froze, as though that would help. Theo watched Mrs Heston very closely. She looked straight at the bant. Her lip curled slightly, but she didn't do anything else except alter her course, making Mr Clamworth change direction so that they would miss the monster. A comprehensive study would allow us to identify and remove anything undesirable from the area. As you know, my husband and I are deeply committed. 
Theo and Molly stopped as the two adults disappeared. She saw that monster. I know she did, Molly said with certainty. Theo nodded without speaking. Sorry, Theo, the bant spoke glumly, and Theo reached up to tickle its fifth trunk comfortingly. I think she's seen monsters before, Theo said. I saw her the night of the Thunder Fair, and, and just now. She's never looked at all surprised, he frowned. Usually people can only see the monsters if they become very, very obvious. Like at the Thunder Fair for me, and when Hugo was bouncing on my head, Molly added. Yes, Theo said, or of course, if they are monster hunters. But if she was a monster hunter, why didn't Mr Sebastian tell me about her? It's very strange, Molly said. She's definitely very interested in the forest too. Yes, Theo said, frowning. Shall we go and bake something for the baby Gurkhas? I bet he would like some cookies, and I would too. We can talk about Mrs Heston too. Theo agreed, and the friends went back to Molly's house. They soon got caught up making and eating very delicious chocolate chip cookies, and before long Sam and Evie came to join them, and they couldn't talk about the monsters any more. The friends stayed together until it was tea time and Theo said goodbye, then walked towards the forest, which was his quickest way home. He wanted to check in with the baby too. As he was crossing the road, he heard the ding of a bike bell and suddenly Harry and Ben were rushing past. He was next to a puddle and they deliberately rode through it at top speed, completely soaking Theo. They were gone before he could complain, so, feeling cross, he stumped forward into the forest. He bumped into Mrs Heston almost straight away. She looked at him aghast. What happened to you? She looked around as though expecting to see the source of the water. Theo watched her closely. He felt sure that she was looking for monsters. It was just some boys from school, he said. Don't worry about it. He wondered if he might be able to get any more information out of her. Don't you just love walking in the forest? The perfect way to spend a Saturday. She gave him a long look before speaking. Yes, of course, but make sure you're careful. Things go wrong in these woods. Good afternoon. And with that, she was off. Theo frowned and wondered again as he walked towards the Crandude nest on the other side of the forest. When he arrived, there were monsters crowded around, waiting to give the baby Gurkhas the different foods that they had brought. When Theo saw the baby, he started... It was three times the size it had been earlier. Matilda fluttered down onto his shoulder. Amazing, isn't it? They grow while they're asleep. How big will it get? He spoke quietly, eyes on the baby, which had already grown fine new patches of forest green hair on its knees and elbows. Matilda was about to answer when there was a swirling and a stirring in the air. In front of them appeared the florist, whirling slower than usual. It tried to speak, but it seemed very tired. Matilda swooped up a pile of leaves and it collapsed onto them. A few minutes later it spoke. I found them. I found the parents. They're so happy. They're coming. The monsters all around erupted into cheers and laughter. The baby let out an enormous belch and the Glondils started to sing and Hugo started to sound out a beat by bouncing up and down on a broton. The monsters danced, and the baby, who had even learned to waddle, moved around, giving everyone cuddles. He almost squashed Theo when it was his turn.
Theo remembered the cookies and began to share them out. When the baby had one, he screamed with delight and everyone laughed again. Hugo took a particular liking to the baby and bounced around in front of him to make him laugh. The florist said the parents would be there in the next week or two. Theo had to go home, but as he walked away, he was filled with the joy of the monsters. The baby's parents were coming. The family were together again. Mrs Heston surely couldn't do anything very terrible. Theo felt that, today, he had done his job as a monster hunter very, very well. The End Thanks for listening to The Story Forest. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you're the first to hear our brand new stories every Thursday.